As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to From the Rookery and a podcast all about Watford Football Club brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John uh, and this episode is one of those diary episodes that we do. If you've never heard them before, basically we just tell the story of the day. Um, it's going to be from the point of view of myself, uh, Mike, uh, as well as Adam, uh, as this is the first game today where Watford will be playing at home with fans. Not ever, but just since the, uh, the lockdown and this coronavirus uh, epidemic started, our day starts. Fairly early on, is Mike. Good morning, this is Mike. It's Saturday and it's uh, sometime before nine o'clock. I know it's before nine because uh, my daughter's not at ballet yet and if it's after nine, we're all running late. But uh, I have to check in when uh, with, uh, with the company I work for on a match day just to let them know I'm definitely going to be at the game. And for the first time since February, I've just checked in knowing that I'm not going to be pretty much on my own at the game, which is a wonderful feeling. I have to be honest, when you go to the first game after lockdown, as you're intrigued by it, you feel very lucky because you're one of the very, very few able to go to the to the games. And, and throughout, I've never taken it for granted. I've known that I've been incredibly lucky to be at the football. But it's been a difficult experience for the first time, really, going to watch the football has felt a little bit like work. It's felt like... I shouldn't be there. It's felt like it shouldn't really potentially even be happening. There's none really of the joy that you get from a from a football day that we know and love. So for today to dawn, knowing that I'm going to be joined by a couple of thousand uh, fellow supporters is is incredible. I'm really, really excited. It feels almost like, not like the season started, but it just feels like a little bit like a new dawn really interested to see what it's what it's going to be like but I think most of all just absolutely thrilled for for those who are waking up like me today knowing that they're going to the football for the first time 
since February, we, we know that feeling. It's, you know, you, you skip out of bed on a match day, you, you're whistling in the shower, you're doing your, your breakfast rituals, you're talking about the game. Whatever it is you do, whoever it is you meet, it's so important to so many of us. And, and, and to know that so many, well, not so many, but that a number of other supporters, not just Watford fans, of course, but up and down the country are waking up with that feeling again for the first time since February is uh, is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, just before nine on Saturday and uh, a bit more of a normal match day is ahead of us. So it's, what is it, just half twelve. Just got in the car to head to, to Vicarage Road. And I'm afraid the, the football fan in me, and certainly the, the Mike football fan in me, is thinking from a footballing point of view, well, on days like this, big days in Watford's history when it comes to crowds, you know, kid a quid, whenever we've had big sellouts, we've usually lost 1-0 or something like that. There is that part of me, that annoying part of me. I'll never get rid of it, I don't think. That's me forever. I'm 40-whatever I am now. I don't think that's ever going to change. But I think today transcends that, doesn't it? Because, again, and I don't like to go on about it, but there's going to be... 2,000 other people getting in their cars about now to, to head to the game and I'm just excited what I'm thinking what I'm really looking forward to is when the players come out um, to, to warm up because that's when you hear that first little yawns and the, the ripple of applause the, and that's when you know no one mentioned it on the other week when we talked about um, what we missed from match day but I think having thought about it in the lead up to today and, and this morning is just that that ripple of applause that sort of little muted yellows or yawns or whatever it is it just that signifies the start of match day and that little crackle that runs through everyone you're seeing there you know our heroes basically trot out onto the pitch for the first time you get a glimpse of the kit and you know it's on, it's real, it's match day. And, th- and that's for, for the first time since February that's going to happen today. So I can't wait. But enough, enough waffle, uh, enough negativity. This is a, is a big day. Let's hope for the Watford win. Uh, the sun's shining. I've got my sunglasses on. I'll be in the Swelton John stand today. So uh, have the shades on, double wrapped on uh, when it comes to my feet. Wrapped up warm, ready to rock. Come on, you golden boys. Fans are back, baby. Hello, John just turned up on the Vicarage Road, I've walked all the way from Bushy Train Station and looking out for signs of the game, I saw a dad and his lad, one with a Watford cap on and one with a Watford scarf on, and thinking, yeah, I know where you're going. And there's a moment when I walked past the Fisher's Industrial Estate and there, three blokes in high-vis jackets waiting for people to go and park in there. Little signs of match day, but as I've walked up Vicarage Road, uh, I didn't have the normal shouts of uh, of programs outside the cemetery i got the lovely whiff of uh, from fridays um but unfortunately no sizzling of hamburgers from the stalls <laughs> i wasn't eat one but you know you, it's, it's a certain thing that that makes you familiar of that that run oh no wait there is one there is a burger van just next door to vicky's road i'm just walking up now i can see the crowd outside the hornet shop waiting to get in to get some sort of memento of the day because it's it is a historic day uh, it is a, a special day. Everyone's saying hello to Graham. Outside the Hornet shop is, is now a tradition, but probably means a bit more today. You've already heard Mike. He's back to... He's inside doing his uh, his Opta thing, and he's you know, hopefully been in a bit better place when it comes to coming out, and no matter what happens. And I don't think in many ways, to me, it, it does matter. I've been nervous. I've been... I, I had before the last game of the season against Leeds in 2013, or the playoff 
semi-final. Not the final, the FA Cup final against Man City. I wasn't nervous about that. I just wanted to enjoy the day. I felt really nervous. I don't know what I'm nervous about because it isn't about the, the game, the, how they play or the result. I think it's just nervous about being, being back here. It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Um, but I'm going to head in, get a look at the old green turf and see what Watford can get up to at home to Cardiff City. Let's see how this game goes. That's amazing. Absolute, uh, genuine goosebumps as uh, it's just the goalies that have come out there. Amazing reception. But yeah, goosebumps. Fans are back. So then, Michael, we've come out of Vicarage Road. That we have not said for over 280 days. Amazing. I didn't do the maths. I asked Google, by the way. Uh, yeah, 280 days since we came in. So Watford win 3-0 against Liverpool. 
Uh, it was a momentous day, and this was a momentous day in many other ways, uh, not because of the result. We'll get to that, don't you worry. <laughs> so I already covered the result on the way here before it even started, remember? <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think? What do we think about this, this being in there? You've been in there a lot. I've, this is my first experience, and I'm really honest. When we talk about the game, I don't think I can talk about the first half or maybe at least the first 20 minutes of the game because it was just being in there. I don't think I was watching the game properly at all. What was it that atmosphere like? It was absolutely amazing, incredible. I have to say, and I've said this a lot, having been here, it's hard to overstate what it's like to have nobody cheering inside the ground because the only people that have been in the ground are subs and members of the press or whatever. No one cheers, no one. So to have that support is just just phenomenal and when the goalies came out the noise was was loud when the when the when the rest of the team came out to warm up it got louder and then when zed cars kicked in there was just a massive cheer like just a sort of a release of joy and delight really it was just like a almost like a goal going in which you never usually get when when it goes i usually get a really sort of a roar and it was a different noise and I have to say, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I had goosebumps when, when you heard the, heard the crowd. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And then when the game kicked off, it became even more apparent how important it is. It gave the game so much context. And you could see the players, initially anyway, at least, you know, I think a thundering tackle went in. Um, and there's a roar from the crowd. Previously, you don't get anything. You, and, and as a defender, you hear, that, you hear that roar and you're sort of like, yes, OK, into the next one. There's the ooh from a from a block shot that you don't get. Um, the the shouting at the ref. That all those little bits, every little element of the match takes on different meaning with the crowd. It's really hard to to describe. And it, I'd taken for granted it when there was crowds here, and I'd got used to it not happening when they weren't here. So to have it to have the soundtrack, if you like, of football as I know it, as we all know it, back. All the idiosyncrasies, all the idiosyncrasies. That, is that the word? <laughs> it is now. Um, that the crowd bring. You know, the handball as one. The, the man on as one. The booing at full time. If it hasn't been, hasn't been a great performance. It's the soundtrack to football, and it's back. And I cannot tell you how important it is. I cannot tell you how fantastic it was to, to hear it. It was a genuinely historic day today with fans back in, in smaller managed numbers um, but that initial when they first came out here in Zed Carson's when they're coming out to warm up absolute genuine goosebumps moment but again very privileged to be here yeah the, the second half sounded very different from the first <laughs> half um, particularly the frustration in it um, I suppose let, let, let's talk about the game then Mike you know it was 1-0 to Cardiff the Cardiff goal in the first half towards the end a corner came in Watford failed to, to clear it and, and in goes the the goal for Cardiff, and then an absolutely professional performance from Cardiff of how to waste time. It was beautiful. Well, not just <laughs> not just to waste time, but I think Watford have been taught an absolute lesson this afternoon by Cardiff, and I think I'm going to start by giving them credit. You know, the first half was five corners to zero. Watford weren't able to, to withstand the pressure, didn't offer anything in attack, really. So Cardiff got their noses ahead. They remained well-drilled and organised throughout. They, they weren't a massive threat, but they were a threat. They obviously they posed a threat going forward. They were committed, and they played, you know, they played the game. They, they drew fouls, they went down, they knew what they had to do to, to win the little fouls, whether it was in their own half or the opposition half. They knew how to play the ref, and they did an absolute grade-A championship job on Watford. And I assume that was the job that Watford are trying to do, get ahead and stay ahead. Well, 
we've been talking about a wake-up call coming for Watford for quite some time. And not, that hasn't just been a, a wake-up call. That should be an absolute lesson. If that's the way you want to play, that you want to play like you want to play like Cardiff, because Watford weren't were never really in the game. Cardiff absolutely bossed it. They didn't boss it, but they they grabbed it and owned it and yeah. took the, and and were, were absolutely deserved the three points. I think we'll move on to Watford, who I think were abject as the, and got worse as the as the game wore on. But that is the championship. You know, we've been lucky. We were lucky, perhaps, against, uh, against Nottingham Forest in the week. Nottingham Forest are, are, are really, really struggling. No intent, weren't bothered about scoring. A point against Watford for them is, is a decent result. Perhaps similarly for, for Bristol City before. To, you know, it's almost like, right, we'll take a, both teams will take a draw before because it'll work. Cardiff weren't prepared to do that. Cardiff wanted to, they, they, they posed a threat, they got their goal, and by heck, they were going to take the points. They did exactly what they had to do. They mucked in, they worked hard, they, you know, they played, they, they did what they had to do. And obviously it's frustrating, and obviously people sort of walking up Occupation Road. Another thing that's amazing, by yeah. the way, just to walk up Occupation Road, despite Watford having lost, to see people there, hearing the sort of, the various snippets of... Um, uh, of why people think it went wrong but you heard people complaining that there wasn't enough injury time that tells you all you need to know about Cardiff but Watford have got enough experience to, or, or, or quality to deal with that and we've just been, we've just been done there and, and Cardiff completely deserved it uh, largely down to, to Watford I have to say it I thought Watford were, were pretty for inept well, it was a performance that I found hard to judge early on because I was just all excited about being <laughs> yeah. here and, and the crowd was excited and I love those moments very early on where it went a bit quiet and then someone just went, oh, we can't have silence. Uh, you all! And they would give a shout just to sort of keep, the, the going, keep it going. You, you say the experience Watford side, Mike. I think actually our weaknesses certainly come from the, the inexperienced parts of that squad. You know, Garner didn't quite impose no. himself. No. Pedro was... Well, he was trying to impose himself as a rough-and-tumble sort of a striker, uh, sort of doing some dirty work that we used to love Troy Deeney to do. But again, not really getting... They, they weren't imposed themselves, and Saar really wasn't imposing himself. No. I mean, at any point, did he actually get the ball and run down the wing and do what we were all got excited about and that everyone's scared of? There was one, no. There was one point in the... I think it was about late 70th minute or something like that. They finally played a ball down the channel, and they, Saar just put the afterburners on, went past the left-back, it's taken us a third of the season to see that, and it just isn't good enough. And I think a lot of us have said, as we've gone through this season, those away draws are fine, the performances are concerning, and the, the real problem will come if those performances seep into the home form. And that's exactly what's happened. And there's just... I'll tell you how concerning it is. Ben uh, Wilmot, at one stage, got the ball and carried it forward, and he carried it forward about 40 yards, unchecked, and it's like if Ben Wilmot can do that, where's the drive from anyone else? He he probably carried the ball forward more than any other Watford player. And okay, that's fine to, to drive from deep. But away from home, there has been so the lack of intent from in the to get the ball into transition from defence through the through the gears up into attack has been completely non-existent. And the problem is you can't switch that on and off you can't just say okay a midweek away from home we're going to play like this tippy tappy play it safe and then all of a sudden at home we'll sort of like a coiled spring explode into action that doesn't work do you think it's been turned off is it choice of a manager is it energy of a player or is it just purely neither one of those two being knowing what to do 
I think I, I'm formulating a theory slowly but surely, and I think this is a bit a bit basic, but I've narrowed it down to two potential options. One is attitude of the players on the pitch. They're not willing to grasp the metal and to play the game on the front foot. The other is they are being hamstrung or they're being asked to play with the handbrake on with a safety first policy. So, uh, or, which I think is probably more likely judging from what I've seen this afternoon, is an unhappy combination of the two. So I think Vladimir Ivic has been quite vocal saying he's not a defensive minded coach. Um, his, you know, his, his incredible record where he won the league conceding seven goals. You don't do that if you're not if you don't if you're not pretty hot on defence. So we don't need to pretend that, that, that defence is a focus. And of course, this is football. You want to stop the opposition playing. So being defensive is good. But you have to surmise that they've been asked to play a certain way, safety first, because I, I can't imagine that this, to go back to Wednesday. I can't imagine you go from beating Preston at home 4-1 full of confidence away to Forest and think oh okay no no we can't we can't score we're going to it's not a timid thing it's not an attitude thing it's not an uh, it's not a, a mental decision they must be being asked to do it and and the, but then this afternoon when the, what, what they had to do was dig in and what they had to do was find a spark from somewhere because they were against as I've outlined earlier a Cardiff side who knew exactly what they were doing and were very good at doing it. Experienced throughout, they knew what they were doing. Watford needed to find that spark. Watford probably had better men in every position in, t- on, in paper, on, in terms of squad, with the exception of perhaps Harry Wilson. You said that Watford needed to find their spark. Cardiff didn't find a spark. They just found... Guts. Gut, yeah, well, and, and a way of playing football. Is it, again, going back to the fact that choice of manager, availability of players... That actually, we still are yet to find a very clear way that Watford are playing football. I, you know, if I, if I literally sat you down and said you, yeah. stood up, if I stood you up, Mike, and I said you, how did Watford win games of football? Yeah, I think I, I, I think that's exactly right. We don't know. We're making creating chances. Never mind scoring goals. Looked exceptionally hard. You know, once again, unfortunately today the the final ball was was dreadful from from everyone. I thought they, they, we had a, we had ball in good positions, whether it's from. Finally, in the second half, we got some corners or finally got some free kicks. The delivery in was, was dreadful. We're ponderous. Uh, we're too slow. Even when they've got a lot of space to, to make a pass, they're, they're misplaced. And I think that just comes from a, an amalgamation, a sort of build-up of this lethargic, uninspiring lack of dynamism. It just You can't just all of a sudden turn it on. You're right. I, there is no, I literally heard at one stage uh, someone bellow in the rookery Oh, come on, this is boring. <laughs> and uh, regrettably, that kind of sums the season up, doesn't it? And we really are struggling to find a personality. We really are struggling to, to find our way. We're really struggling to impose ourselves on teams. And if anything we look like we're going backwards because I think we perhaps have been lucky in who we've played and when we've played them and we've come up against a tough, committed side this afternoon and have come off comfortably second best in every area of the pitch. For whatever reason, that shouldn't really be happening. Um, and the players have to take some responsibility and I think undoubtedly the head coach has to, to take some responsibility. I think there's a mixture of what they're being asked to do 
either not going through or inhibiting them to such a degree that when they do go behind, they don't know how to get out of it. But for me, I thought too many players looked like they'd not given up, but it was too difficult. For the final, you know, we had a little patch um, round about sort of 70 minutes maybe where we, yeah. we started threatening a little bit and we got... Subs came on. Yeah. It subsided very quickly and then it was like, oh, it wasn't, you know, chins on chest and, and shoulders hunched, that sort of thing, but it was misplaced passes again and, and I guess that happens when you're stressing and you're working hard and you know it's not, not your afternoon, you know, it just the ball just doesn't stick. It, it, it happens like that, we know that. I thought the reaction to coming up against a side like that and the reaction to coming up against a situation like that was very poor. Which is more likely to become a bigger problem that you wonder what you need to work on first? The find yourself in a situation like that where you're one behind or coming up against a club like Cardiff. Are there a lot of championshipy, well-groomed clubs like Cardiff or are there more chances Watford are going to go behind and need to dig deep? You're always going to go behind in games. That's the nature of football and certainly the nature of Watford's football. I think <laughs> We've seen enough games over the years. And, and I think the, the problem is that Watford will quickly... Opposition clubs will quickly realise that there is a soft underbelly to this side and they can be got at. And if anyone, you know, who've got Rotherham will watch that 90 minutes and will be licking their lips. They will absolutely fancy their chances at coming. You don't have to be anything other than organised and committed, I don't think, to either make life difficult for, for Watford from a scoring point of view, but then if you nick one, you can almost, almost guarantee you're not going to lose the game. And there's a lot of soul-searching, I think, to be gone. And we don't want to chuck the, the baby out with the bathwater necessarily. No, and, we, and we said midweek that you know, we look at the, t- the league table and we were, we were in decent shape. I don't know what we are now but we did we did raise the alarm to a degree in terms of the performances and uh, you know having given Cardiff uh, due credit I do think that was probably Watford's worst performance of the season individually there were there were mistakes individually there was a lack of willingness to step up and make a difference Uh, and in terms of shots on target in 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 terms of what we asked the Cardiff goalkeeper to do I think uh, you and I have worked harder doing this podcast than the, than the Cardiff uh, keeper today. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. That's our reaction. Let's see 
how Vlad uh, reacted to it. Adam has been at the game. Uh, and, uh, well, let's see how Vlad reacted. Was he happy, Vlad? Probably not. Was he angry, Vlad? I'm going to go with that one. That's my, <laughs> what do you reckon, angry? Yeah, I'm going to be angry. And hopefully he wasn't oblivious, Vlad. Uh, so let's see, uh, see what he said and what Adam thought about the game. Hello, everyone. So I'm walking away from uh, Vicarage Road now. I've been to the post-match news conference with Vladimir Ivic. thought I'd just try and sort of sum up how Vladimir Ivic had uh, felt after the game. I'll play you some of that audio in a moment. But ultimately, he felt that Watford simply hadn't started strong enough, hadn't got a handle on the game in that first half. He was disappointed that they weren't playing with, with energy and passion. They weren't fighting hard enough, which they knew they needed to do against the physical Cardiff side. And Vladimir Ivic had, you know, acknowledged the fact that it's happened before and he's not quite sure as to why it happened again. Ultimately, though, and this is sort of maybe state taking a, a step back from things, and this is, this is also how Ivic saw it as well, that there was one chance that Cardiff had that they took and it came from, what, a second ball in the box. Yes, they looked dangerous from, from set pieces, but it was just one chance and it was a fine margin that Watford lost the game. Yes, they could have done things collectively far better. They could have had more of a spark. They could have looked more dangerous in the, in the final third. But ultimately, it was, it was one chance, one goal, a bit of a smash and grab from, from Cardiff. A lesson learnt, you would hope. This is what Vladimir Ivic said. Yes, it's not good, uh, especially because of our fans who has been with us first time after a long period and we didn't do our job on the, on the way how we want. We didn't start good uh, the game and it's not first time. If I compare now first and second half, it's a big difference. Why, what is the reason? Speak, work, trying to explain that we need to start from the first second of the game to have passion, to work hard, to fight for every ball. But it's not looking like that, especially in the first 45 minutes. After that, we, we push our opponent, we try, we know that their, their style of the, of the game is direct football. With the two tall strikers, they are very dangerous in the set pieces, how they are. We know that it's, this team is first team in the set pieces in the league in this moment. They are scored after set pieces, but our problem is our game. If we play first 45 minutes, like uh, second, and we lost the game, don't have some, something to tell. But uh, again, need to be aware to play 90 minutes on the, on the tempo, on the good return from the beginning, and uh, you know, to give our best, because sometimes I understand that some of them can be, can be tired, but we have players to the bench who can come and who can do the, the job need to work, need to, 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 to find the reason and to, to improve this season as fast as possible because we have just two, three days to prepare the next game and uh, in this uh, rhythm of the games uh, we need to be aware, to be ready and we must be ready for the next one. But I said from the beginning, it's uh, <laughs> no one for us is happy, first of all, uh, because of the, our performance, uh, especially in the first 45 minutes uh, for the result and uh, most uh, for our fans who, who has been with us and uh, who, who tried to, to support us and they are support us until the end. So obviously, let's not um, beat around the bush. It wasn't a good day at the office for Watford. But I suppose the advantage of, of being in this relentless season, and that's something that I wrote about in The Athletic in, the, in preparation for this Cardiff game, that there is another game coming thick and fast straight away on Tuesday. It's not 
it's not Wednesday as has been the majority of the midweek games for Watford so far this season straight away on Tuesday you know get back onto the bike and and get pedaling once again obviously I think the subplot to this game in terms of personnel having Kapu back having Semmer back he was able to play just you know an hour or so wasn't he I think that's a it's a boost for the side Hughes being back is great Agakia obviously came off um, because Kiko had come back very very late uh, after the birth of his second child um, he only arrived back late on Friday evening so that's why he was introduced later on in the game but if you start to piece everyone together and if he can get everyone on the pitch that he wants all at the same time get his strongest side out then then there won't be anywhere else to to sort of hide I don't think he's someone that makes excuses he's mentioned it a couple of times in in news conferences actually used those words you know it's not been easy negotiating all of this but he doesn't want to make excuses he knows that the players that are out on the pitch and the those that have been introduced from the bench should have done better but now is the time when all those players are back you know Dini is there he needs to do as much as everyone else everyone's there it's now the time to deliver and the Rotherham game is a key one great for the players to get back out onto the pitch and also it's great for the fans to be to be there once again so fingers crossed for an improved display and that you get to cheer a goal because that's what we all want all the best everyone a Watford FC podcast brought to you by The Athletic this is from the rookery end two interesting things to take away from Vladimir Ivic's his words there and the first one is you know how damning he was of the of the first half performance just saying that they didn't get going quick enough and how despite them talking about it and how the need for intensity from minute 1 it just isn't happening on the pitch and that is that's a real concern isn't it because you know one of the easiest things to do you would hope or you would assume I mean I'm obviously not a professional Football. I mean, you could argue I'm not a professional anything, but one of the one of the things you thought it would be easier to do would be to show some intensity early on in the game, at least to show some energy and focus. And uh, I'm not going to say effort because that's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Just to be to buzz around to to, to show what Vladimir Ivic said is lacking in that first half. There, you would have thought it'd be easier to do that from from kickoff than than not and the fact that they're failing to do it um and as he rightly said turned in a a disappointing first half performance was i don't know it's just you just have to ask questions of absolutely everybody involved don't you if he's seeing that you know why is he seeing it what's what's he asking of them how's he you know articulating that to the players that they need to to start quicker they need to be more in have more intensity for from the from from minute 1 and and if he is telling them that then why aren't the players actioning it you know coming off the back of a lacklustre uh, performance on wednesday which came off the off the back of a good performance against preston <laughs> There's always a reason to start a game well. It's the it's the next ninety minutes. It's the next game. It's the next opportunity to prove yourself. It's the next opportunity to win points. And the fact that it it just seems to be from minute one we're 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 lacklustre is is very very troubling. 
and it just makes it very easy to play against. And and, and the other thing that, that Vladimirovic was sort of at pains to to point out was that you know he was saying that Cardiff weren't that much better than us. They didn't create loads of opportunities. But what he did say was that oh, yeah, well they're number one in scoring from set pieces. So what do we need to do? We need to make sure we don't, A, concede set pieces. First half, Watford, no corners. Cardiff, five, incidentally. And then if we do concede a set piece, we need to make sure we deal with it. Where did Cardiff's goal come from? A corner. So to say that Cardiff weren't better than us is demonstrably false because you look at our set pieces and delivery, almost exclusively appalling. All manner of balls flying behind the goal, over the goal, hitting the first man. Dreadful. And Cardiff, as we've identified, best um, best set piece record in the in the division, score from theirs, and then not only do they score from it, they then completely um, see out the game pretty comfortably, really. And he talked about a decent second half performance. There was a flurry, but the number of saves the Cardiff goalie had to make limited, I would say. And I think the difference. I think I understand what he's saying. The difference between Cardiff and Watford. In, in terms of what they created, wasn't massive. But the way they went about it was poles apart. Cardiff managed to drive home their advantage by doing what they're good at, getting set pieces, and scored from one. And then they did exactly what they needed to do to see the game through, which, to be fair, wasn't very much, but, but they did it well and were comfortable and worthy winners. Um, so I do know what he's saying, but I find it frustrating because the difference was was bigger than that. It's about attitude and application, uh, and he was saying that Watford didn't have it enough from the start, um, and they certainly didn't have enough to get themselves back into the game. So surprised, at potentially, how sanguine Vladimirovich sounded there. Um, I suspect he will have cut a different figure in the dressing room or at least I hope he would have done look I think we're at a critical critical point in the in the season um it's very very easy to be an also ran in this division we showed that against Cardiff this afternoon we were we were an also ran two sides as Vladimir said they're much of a muchness in terms of what they created but weren't able to drag ourselves into the game did nowhere near enough to to get anything from it so the players have to step up they really do. And I understand um, there's a lot of criticism towards Vladimirovich and the style of play. And I do get that for obvious reasons. It's um, It's been a, a difficult watch for, for most of this season. But also you have to look at Nigel Pearson before him, Kike Sanchez-Flores before him, uh, Javi Gracia before him. All of them have struggled to get a tune out of what on the face of it is a very, very talented Watford squad. And even their predecessors for the past four or five years, once Watford are safe... They took the easy option, didn't they, really, the team? And uh, as soon as they were safe, the slippers and, and cigar came out and, and, and the head coaches weren't able to get to get them going. So I absolutely um, understand the criticism of Vladimirovich and, 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 you know, you have to be critical of him because obviously this side isn't, isn't, isn't performing and is, is, is looking very negative and very impotent, frankly, from an attacking point of view. But also, these players have shown their cards, they've shown their mettle or lack of it all too often in the past. And I think this is a real crossroads. Yeah, they need to put up or shut up now because we will quickly find ourselves out of the chasing pack. Uh, other teams are, are hitting their straps, looking much more threatening, much more coherent, uh, much more potent than us. And we will find ourselves in the chasing pack, cut adrift, 
And I'm afraid to say that all too often this Watford side, this Watford squad, or certainly elements of it, have shown that when the going gets tough, they don't get going. If it starts looking too hard, then that's exactly what it is, too hard uh, and on to the next. So they have to step up. Uh, and it needs to be a joint effort between them and the head coach. They need to get their heads together, work out why these things are happening, why it's going wrong, why they aren't able to start games quickly, why they aren't able to impose themselves on on games. There needs to be some soul-searching, there needs to be some honesty, there needs to be some questions asked of each other, and they need to demand more of themselves and each other because at the moment it's it's not good enough. It's not too late, but now we are at the time where we need to get it right. It needs to click and it needs to click soon. I hope it can. I believe it can. This could still be a good season, but things need to start happening, don't they, pretty quickly. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns. Very typical of Adam and Mike there uh, with their reactions let's say uh, to to Watford defeat Uh, more from them of course uh, next week uh, when we do a podcast after the Rotherham at home game you can read Adam's writing on The Athletic uh, his along with the whole crew from The Athletic by going to theathletic.com forward slash rookie where you can get a special deal if you're quick I think if you're quick on Sunday you might even get it for a pound a month Uh, after that you get a special offer where if you subscribe then you can give it as a gift to somebody else uh, which is you know double bubble really that's a fantastic fantastic thing so go to theathletic.com forward slash rookie to subscribe today before we go, uh, of course, we, we haven't checked in with Arlo. Mike Sterling's parking, and he has a son called Arlo. And this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson. It's Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Glad to hear it. Very glad to hear it. Now, this weekend, Watford v Cardiff. Finally, some supporters have been let in to Vicarage Road. 2,000 lucky people back at the football. But my question for you today, Arlo, if you could go back... To one Watford game to watch, which one would you choose? It could be any one, any Watford game ever. When we beat Luton. What, this season? Yeah. Because that would be the first time we played and beat Luton while you've been alive? Yeah. Good choice, a local derby. What? Any any others, any other Watford games that you'd like to... Preston. <laughs> from last week? Yeah. What about the games in Watford's history, like when we got promoted to the to the first division, or or is it more the recent stuff you're interested in? More recent stuff. All right, nothing wrong with that, my boy. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye. And of course, we cannot forget our brothers in podcasting. There are many Watford podcasts out there, but. Our favourite of all the other Watford podcasts, because we're our own favourite, you, you know, that's not a surprise, uh, is Hornet Heaven. Uh, it is Christmas time, uh, and there's always a, a Christmas special from Hornet Heaven. This one is epic. Uh, it is very special. Uh, Colin, of course, doing the, the work of the narrator, all written by Ollie Wicken, uh, but particularly different this year is because the voice of Stephen John Davis uh, is on this podcast from Hornet Heaven with his singing because this is a very, very special, very brilliant Hornet Heaven carol service. Here's a little clip. Now then, on to our second carol. Christmas, of course, is a time when we think of those less fortunate than ourselves. So, inevitably, our thoughts turn to them from up the road. 
the club whose name must not be spoken. They are less fortunate. They are less nice. They are less... well, less everything, really. One thing they do have is a carol that we sing about them. So let's hush and hear Cliff sing one of Hornet Heaven's long-time favourites. The Kenilworth Carol. Away at the kennel, at that slum of a ground, there were plenty of Watford, no scammers were found. They'd all done a runner, they were under their beds. So we gave thanks to Lamper, who had kicked in Beautiful big fella. Smashing, in fact. Now it's time for... Hark now, hear the Watford sing, the Luton run away. And we will fight forevermore because of Boxing Day. Yeah, <laughs> Golly. A mash-up of two carols there, Mr Holton. Uh, nice one. Thank you very much for listening to this week's From the Rooker End. Hey, we, we hope we'll be back with a, a podcast where we talk about a win uh, fairly soon. Tuesday, hopefully. Uh, and uh, as ever, these podcasts are us just trying to share our take on life as a Watford fan. Please get in touch uh, with your take. Uh, you can do that via social media, at Watford Podcast, on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, and uh, on Facebook. But of course, you can also just send us an email, podcast at Uh it's, it's fantastic always to hear your views. Uh, and they can spark us off uh, to chat about something that we might not have thought about. Thank you very much to Adam. Thank you very much to Mike for all their views. But we'll be back in only a few days' time with hopefully a fitter, more energetic, more determined Watford squad. (laughs) 